to the latest edition of the River Report. I am your host, Jake Simmersheim, and with me I have our two fantastic volleyball beat writers, Mikey Fornelli and Eric Schweizer. How's it going, guys? Good, Jake. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um, exciting day in the office. We're one day away from all three of us and Alex Gann, our photo editor, all going to West Lafayette, Indiana to cover ISU's first round NCAA tournament matchup with Purdue. We kind of lucked out on that, didn't we? Like, it could have been, like, Minnesota. Oh, it could have yeah, been even sure. Madison. I mean, what, Madison's, what, three hours away? Maybe two and a half? I don't know. I thought it was but, further, but you it, might it's be It's like right. three and a half, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, um, it's like five from my house. Right. But it's like three and a half from here. So we kind of lucked out. I mean, Purdue, as you said, Eric, uh, when we were off air, but it's a straight shot two hours away. Um, and so that's pretty nice. Yeah, um, I'm pretty excited. Um I didn't go my sophomore year, even though I had the opportunity, because I was not on the volleyball beat. And then we discussed it last year in mm-hmm. Omaha. We had to fly mm-hmm. out there, but it was, um, it. They said I think the NCAA said no media pat until like the third round. It wasn't yeah. like a vedette thing. It was like yeah, no. The well, NCAA remember they said media. no like radio broadcast too originally, and then they had to go back on that because everyone was mad. Right. But yeah. Um, it's it's it'll be all of our first time being at the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. Purdue is going to be really tough. Um, yeah. Before we get into Purdue, we should probably talk about that fantastic championship game from Saturday. Um, ISU was down two to nothing. They really they lost set one in pretty convincing fashion. Lost by eight, I believe, either eight or seven, um, and then. They narrowly lost in set two. They lost in extra points. That was a really tough one, I would say. But they really came out in that second set. And I said this in a column. They came out in that, not that second set, that third set, and they played like the team that was up. They they won 25-10 to 10 and made the Ramblers look like they were a team teetering on elimination. I mean, look at Loyola, man. Like, last year, coming up just short, this year, had a 2-0 lead and then blew it, and now they're leaving the MVC altogether. Like, what a way to send them out, in my opinion. And and now ISU, three championships in a row. Uh, well, they say four, actually, sometimes, because they had, in 2018, they had the regular season title that Loyola had this year. I don't agree with that. I think it's yeah, more of a three. Yeah, I, you got to call that a three-peat. You call it a four-peat for the tournament. Or yeah, tournament four-peat bid, for but, the tournament. Um, like you said, Jake, just a really solid match. Um big comeback and you love to see stuff like that and just a team that's really competitive and has had a lot of heart all season long um and i think that's really going to help them going into this purdue match knowing that no matter what even if they're down 2-0 in the third set it's not over i think it might be over if they're down 2-0 in the third set i'll be against purdue this purdue team is really really good number sixth in the country yeah you know who they've lost to they've lost twice to nebraska once to Ohio State, once to the number one ranked team in the country now, Louisville, and then I believe like Michigan State, right, and one other opponent. I should say I, didn't, I don't mean to say that <laughs> Illinois. They, I don't mean to say I'm favoriting ISU in any way in this match. I'm just saying that um, they're not going to give up no matter what. I don't believe, and that's something that they did not have at the beginning of the season. I mean they. They caved way too early, early on this season, but it's because they're young. They didn't know how to just step up and make big-time plays. But down the stretch, they've been able to work these uh, 
games where they were losing sets by two points late, but now they've been able to flip the scripts and go on a little run at the end of games and win the crucial points that have inevitably got them to the, another Missouri Valley Championship. The biggest thing for me in the tournament that I saw, was, and I wrote about this in that preview I wrote, but the some of the players that stepped up offensively were not the ones that had the all-conference honors in the regular season. It was specifically Nicole Lund and Kaylin Prozinski who were not on the all-NBC team like Kushner or Otenay. They both were stars in the tournament. I mean, KP was the MVP of the tournament. And I think that goes to show if you have five or six <coughs> players on offense who are going to be part of that dominance, it's really hard to stop defensively, at least in the conference. That was a very all-around performance. Um, one of the biggest things I saw, and I, it, well, not saw necessarily because I didn't necessarily realize it happened until after the game, but uh, uh, Leah had mentioned that after the second set, she had flipped uh, Tam Otene because she was struggling and she was getting her kills blocked. She couldn't find the floor. And that really opened up things for not only her, but it continued to allow KP to have a great game who went off for uh, 20 kills and I believe went off for six kills immediately after she made that sw switch in the third set. And it it got uh, Otene hot in set four. Otene went off for seven kills. In the three sets prior to that, she had seven kills. So that, that move was massive, really. If she doesn't make that move, I don't know if they win because it completely caught the Ramblers off guard. She said something about that in the press conference yesterday. Um, or it was more just like an interview, and she said something like, like you said, like she made one little chess move after two sets with Tam, and all of a sudden Loyola had no answer for it. Like it took Loyola three matches, or most of three matches, to, to get Tam Otene where she couldn't make those plays offensively. And then she moves her position once, and all of a sudden – Tam's just out there scoring again. So she's just a once-in-a-generation player for this team, and she's only a sophomore. Yeah, four players had 15 or more kills for the Redbirds. I mean, that's just its hard to stop, especially when, you know, it just seemed like Loyola was like, oh, we can relax here in set three, and then they got smoked. They got spanked, and then Illinois State just were like, you're going to take it easy, we'll battle. And the next two sets, you know, they were two-point victories. The literally the minimalist margin you could get yeah it was so good i mean it was 24 24 in set four for a little while and then isu won that one and then loyola had a four or five point lead in set three at one point the first to 15 set correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't loyola up in that set four 24 no never mind it didn't go to extra points did it i was about to say i thought they were up 24 23 but they they went 26 24 26 24 yeah oh yeah so Loyola wasn't up 24 23 at one point maybe they were i just remember at one point isu at one point it was tied to 24 24 and then mm -hmm. isu ended up coming back and, and winning yeah. that one which was good um all i can say is that during that game though i almost got killed with a spike from uh kaylin prodzinski yep uh it came in real close almost hit my laptop yeah, I didn't realize how fast those came in. Eric can way. testify. One time this earlier this season, I almost died. I was on my phone. Uh, I think I was on Twitter t trying to do something, and I don't even remember why. But for some reason, the ball literally came like it. Like if I wouldn't have picked up my arms, my phone or something, the ball like would hit like right here in front of me. My computer got hit one time as well, <laughs> well this season. I mean, you just don't expect. Yeah, it, you don't expect to come. You got to keep your head in a swivel at any point. Yeah, let's move on to a little scouting of Purdue. 
Um, I personally don't know that much, but Mikey, you seem to have a pretty good grasp on uh, the opponent. Yeah, I looked at them a little bit yesterday. Uh, Leah Johnson was talking a little bit about how their coach, specifically Dave Shondell, has been with the program for since 2003. Uh, his dad and his brother are also coaches at Purdue and Ball State, so they're kind of a volleyball dynasty in Indiana specifically and have been for a couple decades. Uh, for the team itself, they have a lot of really solid players. There's Haley Bush, who's a redshirt senior, and she was on the Big Ten, All Big Ten team and had a couple All All America mentions. And then of course there's Grace Cleveland, whose mom actually played basketball at ISU, and she's from Bloomington. She went to Normal Community High School, and she is on the All America team and the Big Ten team, and had 1.39 blocks per set, which I think is like in the top ten in the whole nation. I think, or top twenty. Who is going to need to have the best game to win this, besides Tamara Otenay? Because obviously I feel like ISU is going to have to have Otenay at her, at her absolute best right. this weekend. I mean, the answer is all of them. The answer is going to be kind of like what they did against Loyola. Like it's going to need to be a collective multiple players with 15 kills kind of thing. Like it's, I mean, I think in the Loyola match, Kushner, Pradzinski, Otenay all had 15, at least 15. I believe, and I think that yeah. same thing's going to need to happen again. You're going to have need to have Lund at least blocking. I mean, she had 10 blocks against Indiana State and 6 blocks against Loyola. That was huge, and she was also recognized on the all-tournament team. Um, like I said, I think 5 or 6 players doing really well offensively is way better than just one player being amazing offensively. I think defense. Like, this, this Purdue team does not mess around. Your defense is going to have to be, like, perfect. Your setting is going to have to be just about perfect. Because they they are a big roster. Like they have height advantage on us. <clears throat> and so you're gonna have to be setting the ball in perfect spots and getting over their block. Because if you can't get over their block, it's just gonna yeah. be a block party, which was part of the struggle last year. Right. Is that Illinois State just could not stop the block in the first round of the NCAA tournament. They're just getting blocked all over the place and that will not generate into a win for the Redbirds. That's uh, something I feel like is always a problem when ISU goes to play an upper tier opponent is they really struggle to get past those blocks. And like you said, it's just it's physicality. Like right. they're taller, they're stronger. They may have a little better training just because you know they're a Power Five school, more um, avail, more options available. They're going to be a very tough team to get past, which we all know. They're mm -hmm. number six in the nation for a reason. I feel like the NCAA tournament is always a wake-up call for the, these Redbirds teams, or at least has been the last three years. Like, you know, you think of specifically last season, where they really rolled the second half of the regular season and tournament into another championship. I mean, they lost one set along the way to Loyola in the championship last year. And then they lost 3-1 to one to UNLV just winning that third set. And so I think, and that was actually the first set they'd won under Leah Johnson's time at Not ISU forever. in the tournament. Yeah, because they, they got swept by Cincinnati yeah. and Wisconsin. So even, I mean, winning a set at all against Purdue is going to be impressive, but even if they can show a lot of fight against a really top team, that's going to be impressive. I think something that's been unfortunate these last four years is ISU has, I don't Maybe not last year with UNLV, but for the most part, they played the top team in their side of the bracket. Yeah. Was UNLV the top team last year in their part? I, didn't, no, I don't think la so. Last year, they did it differently. Yeah. So right. 
there was playing games for the people that who had to play the top 16 seeds. And oh, if ISU yeah. won, they were going to have to play the number two team in the country. UNLV was good, though. They were, I think they were like undefeated in their conference, and they were they were pretty solid. ISU always has to, is always facing up against these teams that are really solid. It almost makes you think if the committee is not giving them as much respect as they deserve, or maybe they don't. I don't know, but they're but they're always matched up against these tough teams. And in this bracket, they're the four seed in their bracket, the worst seed in their bracket. UNLV had that crazy good mm-hmm. uh, server. Like she led the team, like the country in service aces. And when you saw her serve compared to everybody else last year watching that game, it was insane. It was like, how do you even return yeah. that? It was so, it was so spot on, and it came in with so much heat. It was just almost impossible to stop. Um, completely unrelated question. Did ISU play Marquette this year or is that last year? They did. They both. did this year. They got sweat. Both. Which, that's interesting. If ISU does happen to they played Dayton beat Purdue. Too. Oh, they did. Yeah. They got swept so they, by they're, Dayton. If they beat oh, Purdue yeah. somehow, then they're playing a team that, they that's play. that they've already played no matter what. Yeah, that's that would be highly interesting and i say i say if, if they beat produce somehow you know and it sounds bad uh-huh. but this is this is not what like this is not just me saying this like sarah kushner herself in the interview yesterday said something like we have an opportunity to pull off one of the biggest upsets in program history let's do it that's the team knows that they're not favored and i think that's they're going to use that to their advantage confidence wise which is the best thing you can do in that situation that's how they should be yeah. this is a hungry team how many when it was all said and done how many tournament teams did i assume end up facing so two three Two a day in Illini, right? Yeah, that's Illini, right. Dayton, and, Marquette. Uh, University of Illinois, Chicago. Yeah, U- four. Oh, UIC did yeah. make the tournament, yeah. so we beat one. Yeah, we did beat UIC. I didn't even realize that they made the tournament. Yeah, they won their conference. <laughs> okay, so they got the. They're that's pretty, they were pretty good. Add. They had that one like six ten girl, mm-hmm. but she didn't even like she was she out there. She didn't play that much. She yeah, because she's still pretty young. Either. Yeah, she she's a little raw still. And and she, just just mobility, I think yeah. was. Mm-hmm. She's really good on the ball. She had like the most unique serve I've ever seen in my yeah. life. It was like a catapult. Mm-hmm. Like, she it wasn't was, even like a <clears throat> quick action. It was just a boom. Like, well, she was killer, and she's going to be killer going forward if she gets a little better at it because she doesn't even have to jump for attacking. Like, she just kind of just hits it as hard as she can, and her hand already naturally goes over the net, and it's a really impressive. Possible UIC uh, Missouri Valley action sometime. Maybe. I, Maybe they'll I'm join. actually pulling for that now. At first, I was like, "That's stupid," but I'm I'm fully with it because a the Missouri Valley needs a Chicago team again. There's uh-huh. no way they're going to get to Paul. And another reason is because I feel like we already play them a lot in most of our athletics. Men's basketball has matched up with them a few times. They've played baseball pretty much every year. Like we said, they played uh, ISU volleyball earlier this year. I feel like we're pretty comfortable and pretty familiar with them. I feel like that would be not a bad option. I still feel like you need to also add another team along with Belmont to make it 12. Because I, I don't know. I really don't want an 11-team Missouri Valley Conference. I, I just noticed who UIC has to play. <laughs> they, they have to play Louisville. Ooh, good night. <laughs> So yes, that yeah. basically means uh, they are ranked last out of all. Yeah, the basically, teams. yeah. If this that, was that automatic bid got them. If in. this was the NCAA men's basketball tournament where they rank all sixty-four, that would be a one in sixteen type of thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, here's a question: If on that note, if Purdue and ISU was in that same bracket format where they rank all sixty-four in four groups of one through sixteen, what would the Purdue ISU matchup be then? Do you think uh, Purdue would be two? Wouldn't they? 
They'd be a two. They would be a two, yeah. Six would be, so it would be like a, but then would you call ISU a 15? Kinda. We're like, they're saying we're probably one of the bottom eight teams in the 64 bracket. Yeah, I mean, we did win the conference, but also we didn't win the regular. Yeah, I could say that. I told somebody asked me a similar question yesterday, and I said three and fourteen, but like makes more sense. But like numbers wise, it would be two and fifteen. Yeah, it, it's very interesting. I think they have a shot, but they have to play perfect and hope Purdue has a slightly off day. But for Illinois State to win, they have to win one of the first two sets. Yeah, they, they literally cannot go down two zero this time. Like that was the first time Coach Leah Johnson had won a game like a t- being down 2-0 since her first year yeah. here at Illinois State so yeah because there's been multiple times they've been down 2-0 and then brought it to five but then lost I think of specifically the not really this season but the season before they did that a couple of times yeah I I'm not gonna bet against uh Johnson because she's arguably the best coach here at I think ISU. so um Reportedly, but, she's got like four more seasons here too. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what I was told yesterday, which is great. Yeah, she's they say that she's she's sticking around for at least a little while, which is really good because they need her. And um, there was there was some talk at the selection show thing that made it sound like there was like talks to extend her contract, like it was up. But I think that was just taken the wrong way. Yeah, and report like I was told that it was never really reported that she had an extension either. Right. Which is, which is weird. A lot, lot of it was, I think, just because it was during COVID. Right. Some stuff just got Probably, yeah. thrown underneath. But uh, I, I think if she sticks around and has this kind of a recruiting class, if she gets, like, one more middle blocker, like, they, they could be insanely good. And just the progression of these the athletes she has right now, like – it's funny you bring preparing that up. for the future because she she talked about that for so long yesterday when when I talked to her about how she's like obviously completely and totally grateful for the players that came before like Kaylee Martin and Sydney Holt, but she's also not upset that they went on to bigger better things because she has seen so much progress she says in players that would have sat behind them for another year had they have taken a fifth year, Caitlin Prozinski, Nora Janka, Nicole Lund, etc. Um. I, do you guys have anything else you want to mention? Well, well, just one more thing. Going along with that, that really sets them up to probably be the best team in the Valley. Because yeah. most of these top teams in the Valley right now, Loyola's gone. Get them out of here. Good luck in the A-10. And they all had fifth, like Valpo and Drake and all them had fifth-year seniors. They had a ton of fifth-year seniors. Like ISU so, doesn't lose a starter. No, no. They, they don't. They don't lose a starter. The, the only... Most person that senior, played was Carly yeah. Nicholson, and towards the end of the year, they had Jessica DeAndre. They at least have this sophomore class with with all these great sophomore players like Tam Oatney. They have that group for at least another two years. Yeah. So I would say they're the favorites to win both of the next two years tournaments, unless in two years from now one of the schools comes up with some great freshman or sophomore transfer or something. Yeah. Um. You guys have anything else? No, I'm all good. I'm uh, looking forward to watching tomorrow at, in a West Lafayette. Um, I wanted to throw in a little two-minute or so transcript of Mikey's interview with Sarah Kushner, so I'm going to put that in here right now. With that, I mean, you're one of the only players in this team who has been to the tournament twice. Mm-hmm. What do you tell your teammates, you know, get them ready and prepared for something on this big stage? Yeah, well, and I think I said this to someone else, but first off, to just, like, enjoy everything that comes with it. Like, all of the interviewing and, like, the press and, like, 
like the send-offs, like every like thing that we get from other teams and people in the community, like to really soak that in because it is like so cool. Like you never know when you're gonna be in this position again. And like I've been lucky to be in it three times now, which is crazy. But still, it's like different every single year. So just like really taking everything in and like not taking it for granted. But then like on the other side for volleyball, like just remembering that like we're here for a reason and like we earned getting to this like where we are and we have to trust that what we've done has like prepared us for it and even though it is on like the bigger stage or anything like it's just another game they're another team I was talking to my uncle and he was like they put on the jerseys the same way you guys do and how do you beat them by two points so like nothing's changed it's just like on a bigger stage and obviously like a much better team that we've seen probably but I think just like trying to stay like calm collected and like just excited and fiery like it's easier said than done, obviously, and, like, it's going to be, like, nerve-wracking for everyone, like, even mm-hmm. me, but just, like, reminding them that it's just another game and, like, we know how to play volleyball, yeah. so. We talked to Coach a little bit about something, and I want to hear your perspective on this. How do you go from being, you know, one of the favorites in conference to an underdog in the NCAA tournament? How does your mindset change, or, or does it at all? That's a good question. Um, yeah, I guess because it is completely, like, two different, like, seasons, like, um, our conference and postseason it's like a much different playing field but um we always want to have the mindset of we're the best team on the floor and we're going to do everything to prove that but also you have to accept like we are the four seed in our bracket so like having that like chip on our shoulder of we don't really have um, anything to prove to anyone because we're already expected to lose which sounds bad because right. like obviously we want to win and everything but no one's expecting us to win so using that to our advantage and playing like really fearless and confident and with spunk because like if we win that's the biggest upset that we've ever had as a program so like that's just so cool to be able to like be in that's a great interview Mikey thanks for uh, letting us use that but um, we don't have much more to mention. I feel like we should bring up some men's basketball. Um, over break, they didn't do very hot in the Cancun Challenge. They won the first game here at at Red River Arena, which was it was a good game. Were you at that one, Mikey? No, I was already gone. Yeah, I, I watched that thing. That was exciting. That, that was a good double game. OT, one hundred five, one hundred. Come the comeback down five. It was honestly just a breakdown by Bucknell, but for sure. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I didn't even watch most of that game because I was taking pictures for Gant, and it's really hard to actually focus on what's yeah. happening when you're taking pictures. But, like, I started, like, putting down the camera a little bit towards the end of the game, and, like, after that four, 45 seconds in the regulation where they somehow came back and won was pretty crazy. Or not won, came back and tied it to force the overtimes. Um, that was a... Th- a really good showing from ISU just to get some key buckets when they needed it. But then moving on, they went to the Cancun Challenge in Mexico, and it wasn't too hot. They lost by four points to St. Louis. Is that right, Mikey? Yeah, it was a. It was. It was. In my tight. opinion, that's a win. That's right. a win. St. Louis is a good team. They kept up in that one. I I thought they were gonna. I thought that would be the game they get blown out in. To be honest, like I thought, oh wow, this is. St. Louis is usually really good, so I, I was expecting to lose pretty bad. The Buffalo lost the one oh six to ninety. That was Buffalo's a good team. I they're they're good, but I, I thought if you played St. Louis that close that oh yeah, you should have been sure. able to play Buffalo for closer. Sure. And that also is alarming on the defensive end. One oh six to ninety, no overtime. Mm-hmm. 
Like, you guys yeah. are just, there's no defense. Yeah. It's, you guys are just getting in these shootouts because even in the game before, 76, that's like, what, their third time? They, they've had three games this season where they scored 90 already. They do have the number one scoring offense in the Valley, yeah. um, which is whatever. Their defense sucks, so it doesn't really matter if you're putting up a lot of points. Well, Redbird Volleyball should look into the Redbird men's basketball schedule because they can see that they beat Purdue Northwest on on Saturday. <laughs> they didn't beat Purdue regular. They beat Purdue Northwest by 10 points <laughs> on Saturday. and um, That game was dumb, too. They, they, their defense they was did, so They got a win in that one, though, and they, they're back at it tonight. Yeah, but they beat a, a D2 team yeah. by 10 points. And then they, they were up by, like, almost 20 with, like, three minutes left, and then they didn't score for the last three minutes, and they scored, like, nine points. But I don't know. There was a lot of defensive inconsistencies there. I also – that stretch of games isn't really great to, like, go by. They're, go, they're traveling to Mexico. They're playing in a freaking ballroom. Like, what? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and then they're coming back traveling. They spent they were literally cheering on the ISU uh, volleyball team the whole time, which was hilarious by the way. I was sitting right were they? by them. Yeah, oh That's they were funny. cracking me up. Like before their game? Yeah. That's funny. Um Kendall Lewis predicted a service ace from Otene. They kept yelling awesome. Bing Bong. Like the TikTok thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It had me so dead. That's hilarious. And they kept they kept yelling at the servers. They say, hey, can I get your armband? Hey, can you sign like, your armband? Let me get after the game. To the Loyola servers? Or yeah, to the Loyola servers. Oh, that's funny. Just what about your that. shoes? That's, that's funny. <laughs> um, but Missouri State tonight. And I think Oof, Dan, yeah. said, Dan said something about this um, in the press conference a while back. How this is like the earliest Valley start, I think, in ISU history, right? I think in NBC history. Yeah. And Dan said something like they used to, in his time, back in the day when he was on the court, they used to play earlier games like this. And he said it was always good because there were still students on campus and, you know, it was a good way to get a good grasp on how you're going to do in the Valley. So I think it's a good chance for them to, to show some real something in this game tonight. For sure. And, and this is a test, in my opinion, yeah. just because this Missouri State team is pretty good. They they were definitely getting better at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're returning most of their players, so... Yeah, um, Mosley and Prim are very good. They're going to be hard to um, to take down. I, I'm honestly predicting, like, a double-digit loss for ISU, probably, like, near 15 points tonight. Yeah. I think that's about accurate because they also – Missouri State also is re- returned Sharp mm-hmm. and Jamonte Black. So those are two guards that killed us last year. Prim killed us last year. Mosley killed us last year. Because the, the Missouri State game at home was actually the first live game I had ever gone to. So I watched us just fall apart against them, and it'll probably happen again because this, this Missouri State team is, get, is only going to get better than they were last year. Yeah, I was decently high on ISU men's basketball at the start of the season. I don't really know that I am anymore. I just haven't seen consistency on the defensive level. And plus, Muller said that uh, that the inconsistencies, like they've been starting the first half really bad. Yeah. Uh, he said that would go away as the season went along. They're just not as fast in the first half. Like I feel like they don't yeah. turn on to the second half. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, this is this is kind of off topic, but Missouri State got – third in their ter- their tournament this past weekend in Florida. I don't know how many teams were in it. I truly don't. Um, but they beat George Washington 
72 to 54 on Wednesday to take third place. And they also beat Long Beach State in that tournament. So they're four and two in the season. This will be their first Valley match for game as well, obviously. Too much volleyball in the brain match. Um, but yeah, I think I think it'll be a test, as Eric said. And I think this ISU team is really going to need to play a full game in order to even have a chance against another Valley opponent. Agreed. Um, I'm done. Do you guys have anything else? That's all I got. That's all I got as well. All right. Well, be sure to follow our coverage of the volleyball tournament. Excuse me. I'm about to get the hiccups, I feel like. <laughs> Never mind. Sorry. Something just weird just happened. I'm going to cut that out. Um, be sure to follow us along at uh, Vedette underscore sports. Mikey will have a gamer after the game, and then he has to come back for class, which is lame. Yep. Um, but, yeah, make sure to follow along for all things ISU coverage at thevedetteonline.com. Make sure to follow our main Twitter account at the underscore Vedette and follow our sports account at Vedette underscore sports. Follow all of our Twitters. You can find that in the bio somewhere. Yeah, stay hot, birds.